today I want to talk about kind of a sensitive topic and it's not something I've really discussed with anyone. So I'm really excited to have one of my best buds here to talk through it with. And what we're going to be discussing today is the all too often instance for moms to feel tapped out by touch. And hopefully I'm not the only one that has felt this way. I am nodding, nodding, <laughs> nodding over here. Yeah. Girl. So, thank you. That makes me feel better because I, I was feeling like, oh, is this just me? I feel like sometimes as moms, we have such a demand on us that we just have this constant physical contact and we reach a point where we just are ready to view all contact as such a negative thing. So you're nodding. So do you know what I mean by this? Yes. Girl, 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 girl. I totally understand what you mean by this. I recognize my body in overstimulation mode on the daily. I mean, and with each child, it's more touching. So mm-hmm. right now I'm going through like three children and a husband, let's be honest, of <laughs> touching. So I totally understand where you're coming from this. Good. Okay. I'm I'm really glad to hear that you've experienced the same thing. Mine, you know, from the time my son was just a newborn and it was just the constant physical connection and overall drain on my body. And I... I want to maybe delve a little deeper into the overall drain because I mean the emotional drain, the physical drain. I mean, you have lack of sleep. You just, I, I even feel like I was drained socially. I mean, I feel like I definitely wasn't getting enough socialization for me, for what I felt I needed. I felt like I wasn't getting like enough outside contact with the world. So I felt like in every every instance of the word, I was just drained, not just just physically drained. And I kept putting it on like, oh, this is just because I'm nursing and pumping and, you know, just having to be touched to nurse and pump. That must be what's causing this. And so I just kept thinking I would work through it once the dairy shop was officially closed up. But that was not the case. (laughs) I mean, it really... It helped, but I still have a very needy toddler. I feel like he is stepping on my feet or he's sprawled on my lap or he's, he just has to be right in the middle of everything I'm doing. And I mean, quite often he still wants to be held or have his hand held or I feel like on a pretty regular basis, I'm attempting to do things one-handed because I still have a child that is just like... Touch, touch, touch. And so when you talk about having three kids, it it like kind of gives me anxiety just talking about it because I love him to death and he's one of the most tender little humans in all the land. But sometimes I am just done. I am just done with all the touching, Jessica. Do you feel like you've encountered some like similar struggles? The fact that you're asking this question is hilarious. (laughs) No, um... When you were talking about nursing and like how it's like physically draining, emotionally draining, even socially draining, I'm currently going through that right now. I mean, I have a baby that I'm nursing multiple times a night and I'm in that walking restaurant phase and with her being in that mode, her only comfort that she understands is like when I'm holding her you know she doesn't have a lot of things that like create a stimulating experience and so it she depends on my touch to kind of feel 
connected and to feel love. And then you also bring into the fact that I have a toddler and he, just like your son, he's very active and he's just like this sweet little boy who just loves to hug. And the tough part is, is he is a middle child. And so I become very aware of his need for attention. And I, I feel like overly guilty so many times because he's that middle child where my first daughter just like demands attention. And so she just kind of gets it. And the baby automatically gets attention because it's a baby. So I try to focus on giving my middle son touch and attention because I want him to have that connection as well as what my baby's going through. So that touch is kind of more of like I'm forcing myself into this touching situation. And even when you were talking about like he's grown out of that baby phase, but he's still a toddler and he still needs that connection. Even my like six-year-old, she's at school all day and you would think that that would give you a break. But then I have this need like I do with my middle child of wanting to make sure that she is also getting the amount of hugs in a day. I mean, there's been studies that they detail about the importance of like hugging or touching a child at least eight times a day for them to survive. And it's 12 times a day for them to like thrive in the environment around them. And so I'm constantly making sure that I am hugging and touching my children in a way that they can connect with me and feel safe in this environment so that they can thrive. And it's also a huge major drain on me as well. So yeah, I I totally know what you're talking about, about being touched out and overstimulated by touch. Well, I hate to say good because I, (laughs) I hate that you're going through that, but I do feel like hopefully we can unite in talking about this. And I mean, I, like I said, I really didn't discuss it with anyone because I just assumed like, this is how it is and I'm just going to have to deal with it. But there was just this emotional and physical reaction, bless my husband's soul, because he'd come home from work and he would try to hold my hand or just like wrap his arm around my shoulder. And it's almost like when you see a porcupine and their little quills start to raise up. And I was just like, this is the first time that my hand has been free all day and that I can actually do something with two hands or like, I just don't want to be touched. And Mm -hmm. I think it's important to remember that this feeling doesn't typically become, you know, those quills popping up just because we're we're literally being touched too much. It's really coming more from feeling like we're needed too much. It's coming from the weight of being needed every minute of every day. And I kind of picture it as the tenseness that we begin to feel. You could almost see it as like when you come up to a construction area and it's like this flashing light, like, okay, we're we're reaching full capacity here. And so I think you know, as you get more and more need on you all day long, that light starts flashing even faster. And then eventually, you know, the whole demolition site just blows up. So my question would be, how can we keep this yellow light as soon as we feel ourselves starting to hit that? Okay, I'm I'm having a slow flash here. Like, as soon as we can feel those quills start to kind of tighten up, what do you feel like we can do to kind of calm ourselves back down and get ourselves maybe out of that headspace? Yeah, I love that we're talking about this because when you mentioned your husband, you know, coming home and he's like, all right, I'm ready to love on my wife or touch my wife. And so have that connection with her as well. It's like, like I said, it's on the daily. My husband comes home and I'm like, I love you, 
but don't touch me right now. <laughs> and I've had to like learn to communicate with my spouse and he's, it's hard for him because that's like his love language, if you will, is touch. And mm-hmm. that's like the last thing that I want some days. <laughs> but you were talking about like trying to have or create a space of like having that reset when we can start to feel that overstimulation start to take over. One thing that I love doing and I constantly do it, it's something that automatically works and it's doing a dance party in my house with my kids. And I know that sounds silly rather than like running away and hiding into a bathroom and like trying to take deep breaths, but I'll just throw on the Alexa, start a family favorite tune. And all of a sudden they hear the music start. They are, they stop screaming. They stop tugging on my legs. They stop like, you know, mom, I need you for every little thing. And they just start to dance and we all start to dance and we all smile and it just, it might still be that noise, but it's it's a, a happy sound. It's a happy noise. And like from that moment on, it just takes away a lot of that tenseness from my body just to dance it off. So that's one of the ones that I like rely deeply on. Let's think. Another one is making sure that you set up like a really good routine of a quiet time in your house. I mean, like with my toddler, he doesn't nap anymore. And so when I put my youngest down for a nap, I'll sit him down and just, hey, it's a quiet time. You don't have to like take a nap. You can read a book, play in your room, or even down in the playroom by yourself for a little while. And some days, the longest he can last is like 10 minutes. But within that 10 minutes, having all the noises off, not checking my phone, like you just you shut everything off. I don't even care if you like go into your closet, shut the door where there's no windows and you just be. Sometimes a a lot of what I do is like I regroup by doing yoga and sometimes I'll only have 10 minutes for it and you can find a ton of 10 minute quick yoga things on YouTube but it just helps me recenter and refocus and realign that serotonin in my body and that helps that helps me yeah I like that I like that you mentioned a dance party because I feel like that's not something I would think of in that instance to be like hey let's all just let's all just relax and just kind of move around I I really like that idea and I think it's a good idea to even if we can only take 10 minutes like take the little bit of time that we can get and try to use it in a positive reconstructive way yeah because I still want to be there and have a connection with my children. I just need to do it in a different way. And that's one way that it works. So try it. Let me know how it goes because it I, revolutionary. I will not be trying yoga. You can keep working on me. <laughs> Jessica's been on this, this agenda one for day. about six months. Nobody wants to see this girl doing yoga. Oh, I do. <laughs> you do hot yoga at my house so, anytime. <laughs> so I've, I've mentioned too, do you have, I guess we'll kind of go back and forth just so I don't feel like I'm doing a lot of talking. Is that 
Do you mind mentioning one? Yeah, sure. So I one thing that I had thought of was reinforcing positive touch. And I definitely don't think that I did this enough in like the first year of my son's life. I think it can be so hard to get away because, I mean, it is hard when you're nursing and you're like, oh, I can't be gone too long or or things like that. But I think just reinforcing positive touch to kind of remind you both like mentally and physically like, Touch is a positive thing. It's not all about being needed. It's not all about being touched by your kids. And so what I mean by that is get booked for a pedicure, go get a massage, even having a haircut. I'm not kidding. I would pay somebody once a week to just do like the salon hair wash scrubby. I'm like, can yes. somebody just come to my house and wash my hair for me? Because when I wash my hair, the like shower does not feel like it. <laughs> I oh, love no. it. I, something like their yes. nails. I totally understand why like night, like the sweet old ladies that are constantly yep. like at the hairdressers, like once my a retirement week. plan, <laughs> girl. Oh yeah. Yeah. I love that. Reinforcing positive touch. Yeah. And so I think just having something like that, I mean, those are just a few ideas, but doing something like that to where you're being touched, not relying on you being needed, I think it just helps to retrain your mind and your body that touch can also be replenishing, not just draining. And I also think scheduling low touch days could be beneficial as well. Um, I know that kind of sounds a little bit silly, but it's one of the few things that really worked for me. What I mean by that is if I knew that me and my hubby were going to go out on a date night, when he got home, I would kind of keep that at the forefront of my mind and I would maybe not engage in like... I mean, because there's times like I just want to cuddle my son and it's not necessarily him instigating it. And so that was something that I would try to keep at the forefront of my mind like, oh, you know, I've got to be ready to go out with Justin when he gets home. And so it was just something that helped me to kind of prepare for that throughout the day and not get overtouched. I think we do have a bit of control in how far we we get sucked into that vortex. Mm -hmm. And so I think just being conscious about the amount of touch that I was allowing myself to be a part of. Obviously, that can't happen every day, but I think every once in a while, just kind of knowing that we're going to be taking a little bit of a break is helpful. Huh. No, I love that. I, I love that you're like consciously making that effort for your spouse. I should probably try a little harder <laughs> on that. <laughs> Sam, don't listen to this episode. <laughs> oh, man. Um, I guess I'll bring up another one. I didn't know that maybe other moms do this same thing. But after I'm done putting the kids to bed, my body is like in my head begging for a shower. And I am more than happy to oblige because who doesn't like a nice hot shower where you can just cry your whole day away and like rinse off everything. But my body like needs to have that reset of like basically washing all the touching off. And that's really weird, but talking with other moms, like that's something that I'm not alone in. A lot of women want to like sit in a tub or, uh, or stand in the shower and just kind of have that touching feeling just be rinsed off of them. And I also like standing in the shower instead of the tub because like that white noise kind of filters out like <laughs> and silence. And so that's one thing that helps me as well. Yeah, I'm 
I am on board with that. I'm I'm the same way actually, except showers are not my jam. I don't know if it's just because I'm so lanky. I don't I don't know what it is. <laughs> I end up like hitting my elbows everywhere. This is why I shouldn't do yoga. I can't even take a shower, what? Jessica. No. And so when I really need to de-stress, it's definitely. I mean, when I shower, it's like down to business. Like just get in, just get out. wash and get out of there. Yeah, yeah. And so when I need to de-stress, it's like I want to sit in a bathtub that's like. 300 degrees mm-hmm. so my skin's ready to like melt off and so it, it I mean we're apparently like sterilizing in there so I do think part of it is like yes I have you know peanut butter and jelly fingerprints all up my arms and it is like where the heck did this sticky mess on me come from but I think all more of it is just like emotionally feeling like okay I'm like reset I'm ready to start a fresh day and so I love that that's something that's so universal for moms is having that to kind of reset and decompress at the end of the day I really like that me too that's why I do it (laughs) uh I guess did you have another one before I popped up on one of mine um sure so I think communication is huge Ah. and so I love I love that you already brought that up and said you know, I have to just communicate that to my husband because I think communicating with your co-parent is probably one of the top things you can do. Um, Sometimes when my son has been really clingy, like we just went on a trip for a week without him and my son's pretty good. Like if I go in the bathroom, he understands like privacy and things like that. And so he's pretty good but since we got back from this trip he's just he is very clingy and he's we're trying to get back into our routine and if I if I walk out of the room at all he's like mom did you go to the airport and I'm like I'm not at the airport I just went to pee (laughs) and so like that's that's just been really hard because I feel like I'm I'm having one of those like touched out needed out days and so sometimes when my husband walks through the door I'll just say we're having a day and he'll understand like okay Like she's getting a little like touched out today and he's really good to just be like, let's go play in the playroom for an hour or just kind of give me a break or just a lot of times he doesn't immediately come over and just give me a hug. And so I think being able to communicate that to him is is huge because he's able to step in and help out to where kind of like we talked about with that flashing light it just kind of nips it to where it doesn't get worse to where it's just flashing uncontrollably he's able to step in and I think also communicating it to your children I think don't be afraid to communicate that like I said sometimes if if I'm really upset I mean I got some really devastating news about a family member a few months ago and I was upset and my son was trying to crawl on my lap because he's concerned and that was just kind of making me more stressed out and so I just I sat him next to me and I held his hand because I was okay holding his hand but it's like I just I didn't need him mauling me it's you know they have to be like right Uh in your face and I just said mom just needs a minute and he was like okay and I think I think it's okay to say like I need some quiet time or I need a time out I think that we need to really give our kids the opportunity to process big things. I think sometimes we're like, oh, that's that's something they can't understand. That's something that's beyond their age. But I've been very impressed with my son because he does a great job of like, okay, and he'll just, he, he's very patient. And, and I think communicating that with your co-parent, communicating that with your kids is huge. Yeah. 
most definitely. I mean, I definitely depend on my husband for the much needed breaks. He walks in and he's like, okay, (laughs) I know how to assess this situation. I was talking with a friend and she brought up her use of a weighted blanket and how it's helped not only like boost her own serotonin, but being touched out for constant periods of time leads to nighttime anxiety and then it slowly extends into insomnia and so a weighted blanket definitely helps calm her down and relax into sleep and I never knew that being touched out having insomnia and then you're already tired and you know you're gonna have to face another day of being touched like is this horrible cycle I guess knowing that now will kind of help establish your day so you can try to limit your touching as much as possible. I like that. And I actually have a weighted blanket because I do have anxiety and I have a very difficult time sleeping and I love it. My husband bought it for me and he was like, I'm going to get you the maximum weight. Like, like maybe the more anxious you are, the more weight you need, I think was his um, (laughs) method of thinking there. Anyways, I love it. Like I used to feel like I woke up a lot in the night and, and not like, like woke up and couldn't go back to sleep. But when I would get to sleep, I just felt like I like moved around a lot and I will like wake Mm -hmm. up in the same position in the morning that I like started out at sleeping, which to me is a huge deal. But I have like, I think it's like a 40 pound weighted blanket and my husband calls it the corpse because I'll be like, can you bring me my blanket? And he's like, I feel like I'm carrying a dead body. (laughs) A human, yeah. It's always like, here's the corpse. So that's my weighted blanket's name, but it really is a great thing. Don't let the name fool you. I don't know. The corpse. The corpse. That's not a bad idea. It's probably something that I should look into. A lot of people swear by the weighted blanket. And I think, I I don't know what's holding me back. <laughs> Maybe that I don't want to spend money on myself. Anyway, that's a whole nother episode. <laughs> that's true. That should be another episode. Um, yeah. And then I just have a couple other things I want to throw in here as, you know, positive things that I think you can do to just help you reset. Another big one for me personally is just getting out with friends. Sometimes I think part of that drained aspect is I know with me, there's a lot of explaining. There's a lot of discussion when you're talking a toddler through things. And it's just, it's a different level of communication. And sometimes you just want to be able to sit back and have a social time with somebody that's in a similar situation as you. And for me, if I just can get out with my gal pals and just just cut loose and not have to like work hard or be monitoring to make sure that my sun isn't coloring on the wall or something, I feel like that's huge. And I think I think it's a good way for us to all reset together. You know, if you get five women together, hopefully everyone's recharged and ready to reset for the next day. So that's something that I think is huge. And then a really big one I feel like is tracking. So this is a big one that I believe in. I I really hate the word journal, journaling. That's not my jam. <laughs> journal to me is like, Billy was so cute today. I hope I get his promise ring. Yeah, I don't really diary. like it. Yeah, I just... 
So whatever you want to call it, I mean, just take notes, sit down at the end of the day and just talk about how you're feeling and why you think you're feeling that way. And so if you are having a touched out day, if you are having a burned out day, maybe list some of the things that you feel like led up to that. And then I would say do it for three or four weeks. I would say try to look at it for at least a month at a time. And what you're going to want to look for are commonalities. And so if you are seeing recurring patterns, then put a plan in motion based on those patterns. And so if you're seeing like, oh man, I I like was feeling pretty good. And then right here, I can see it start to decline. And then it was just like lights flashing, sirens going. I was in full burnout mode. Maybe it is that you schedule a, an outing or something for you every five weeks. Or maybe if you're noticing you're more touched out on the days that you don't take your kid to school because just having that little outing out of the house helps. I mean, just look for any pattern that you can see that may help to where when those lights start flashing, you can just kind of nip things and get them, get them back going on the right path. So yeah, I like that. I haven't ever even thought about it before. So guess I got to go out there and get in a diary. Dear diary. <laughs> yeah. Don't forget to talk about getting Billy's promise ring because oh, it's a pretty big deal. It's all about Billy. so I hope you guys learned some very helpful information on this episode I know I feel better already just knowing that Jessica's experiencing this with me it's not me going through it by myself we're all suffering together (laughs) misery loves company so next time that you guys feel those yellow lights start flashing make sure to take a minute to yourself go through that list of things and find something that works for you because we know you have certainly earned it as a hard-working mama. Mm-hmm. Thanks for joining us today. We want to be a part of your adventure too. So submit your topics, questions, or silly stories to us at motherhoodadventurepod at gmail.com. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss any episodes. Become part of our mom tribe by following us on Facebook and Instagram so you don't miss a mess-filled mom moment. Thanks for joining us through our journey of tantrums, triumphs, and teamwork. Till next time.